Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight we're going to do part two of generosity. And uh, I bet you thought you came last week expecting to hear the second part, and you got Miss Annette. Wasn't that wonderful? Boy, that was good last week. You know, she's, she's always so good, and it takes so much for us to convince her to get up here and do something. And when she does, I'm just always thrilled, you know, at what she has to share with us. So that was awesome. The thing that brought me around to generosity a few weeks ago was, you know, and I think I said this two weeks ago, was Brother Defend had just been with us, and, and you guys did such a wonderful, I mean, your generosity in the offering to him was just amazing. And it wasn't just that, you know, in uh, the, the 1st of July, we sent out missions money. You know, we had a guest speaker at the same time as Mission Sunday. Now, I will back up and say, you know, that if you don't have your missions money in on Mission Sunday, then it's going to sit in the bank until the next month because it goes out the very next day after Mission Sunday. But this last month, this month of July, we sent out almost $11,000 in missions money. You know, our philosophy has been, always has been, that we support a few missionaries well. There are some places, some churches you go to, they'll support, they'll have 50 missionaries and they each get 100 bucks a month. Not to say 100 bucks a month it doesn't, you know, isn't appreciated by them, but I'm telling you, when we send out two or 3,000 you know, to each one of them, we're helping them accomplish something. So you know, your generosity shows up in guest speakers. It shows up in, in, in the offerings that we, we receive, you know, just general tithes and offers. It shows up in missions. It shows up in maintenance. You're just generous people. You, sh- you should know that how blessed you are. Because not everybody is generous. They haven't learned to be generous. They haven't tapped into the generous nature that's already been put on the inside of them. Because the recreated human spirit has got several different dimensions. And one of them is generosity. God put his very nature on the inside of us. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, you know, all those things. Generosity is one of them. Because we serve a God who is generous. And the Bible says that he gave his only begotten son. He was the original giver, you know, and he was generous with his gift. He was super generous with his gift. And so, you know, the more we are wanting to be like him, the more generous we will be. So I had to run back to my office. I'd lost a page of my notes. The problem with having two weeks in between these is I had time to add to it. <laughs> so, anyway, so, you know, we, we just, we just won't, we'll try not to, to, to um, recap too much. Um, but uh, generosity is, is a trait that focuses on somebody besides yourself. You know, and uh, we see in 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19, the Amplified here says, As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. There he is, the generous giver again. It goes on, it says, Charge them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share with others, 
in this way, laying up for themselves the riches that endure forever as a good foundation for the future so that they may grasp that which is life indeed. You know, that says rich and good works. You know, sometimes you talk, start talking about generosity and people think it's a monetary thing, but it's not necessarily a monetary thing. You see examples in, in the New Testament of a lady by the name of Dorcas who made coats and things for people all the time. You know, there's, there's talents and abilities on the inside of you that God has placed there. Be generous with those gifts. You know, it's, I, I'm recalling somebody who came to church here for, I don't know, a couple of years when suddenly we found out he was a drummer. We needed a drummer. We needed another drummer. We could always use musicians. In the two years he sat here. And didn't tell anybody he had this ability. Don't be stingy with the gifts God has given you. They can be put to use here in, in lots, of, lots of ways. No matter what your gifting is, be generous with what you have been given. Um, uh, let's see. We'll, we'll go to page two. How about that? Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, there we go. All right. Um, so where do we want to start here with this part? Um, Proverbs eleven twenty five says, The liberal soul shall be made fat. Oh, isn't there a beauty in the word fat? That's the good thing. It really is. There's great, greatness in that. The Amplified says, There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more. There are those who withhold more than is fitting or what is justly due, but it tends only to want. The liberal person shall be enriched, and he who waters shall himself be watered. There's a sowing and a reaping effect in generosity. The more you give, the more God is going to make sure you have. You know, and, and it just, just being generous, you're going to reap the effects of that generosity. You know, um, Galatians 6, 7 says, Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. There was a, a Wall Street Journal article one time that said that we are, as human beings, we are hardwired forgiving. It went on to say, every time an act of generosity is shown or given, a chemical in the brain is released that produces a sensation of pleasure. Have you ever given somebody something and it just, I mean, your heart was so full of joy that they were happy, that it made them happy, that it enriched their lives. Just, it just it just is all over you. And, and usually what happens then is, is that you're ready to do it again. You, know, you, read, um, you, you saw that how much joy that produced. It produced joy in you. Let's do it again. You know, so uh, you, know, you are hardwired. God made you this way. That's part of that generous DNA that's on the inside of you. We went to 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 10, which you all know. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Every man gives as he purposes in his heart. Not let him give, not grudgingly, not or of necessity. Don't give grudgingly. That is, be, you will feel used if you do it grudgingly. Don't do it out of necessity. That means you'll feel abused. You know, um, but God is able to make all grace abound towards you. The motivation for giving has to come from the, from the inside. It can't effectively be done just from the outward circumstances. 
it, the pressure of outward circumstances shouldn't be what causes you to be a generous person. It should come from the inside of you. Um, you know, there was a story over in Luke, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 4, about, about the, the rich man and the, and the widow woman. The rich man came in, into the synagogue and he, gave, and he gave something. But the widow came in and gave the one little bit. It had nothing to do with the mouth. It had to do with the heart. You know, and that's what generosity is all about. It's about the heart. You know, you don't give to get thanked, although if you are the recipient of somebody's generosity, you should always express your, your gratefulness. Always. Uh, we express our gratefulness to God for what he does for us. We should do the same. When, when an individual blesses you and is generous to you, you should have the courtesy to say thank you. Uh, Steve Morgan and I have this real thing going on all the time about I'm big on thank you cards. You know, it's one thing to say thank you, but then to sit down and take just a moment to write a thank you and to put it in somebody's hand shows them how much it really meant to you. You know, you, you don't do it for thanks. You don't do it for praise. You don't do it for notoriety. I am reminded of, of growing up in the, in, in the church we were at. The clerk of the church got up once a quarter and read out everybody's names and how much they had given that quarter. Whoops. You know, that for some people may have been just, you know, kind of a look at me kind of a thing. And for other people, it's like, oh, you know, shake my head when their name didn't get called and they didn't, their amount wasn't, wasn't given. I think that's probably a bad practice, especially since my husband put in some envelopes a few times when he was a kid with crazy names on it and one penny and the clerk had to read out that name in one penny. You know, don't do that. <laughs> you know, but what, how would we feel if our names were put on the screen or read out loud on what we had given the last quarter? Some of us would go, oh, well, hey, no, nah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, you know, for me, I kind of always have a goal in mind for the year. And uh, I would say, oh, I'm that much further toward my goal. But it wouldn't always be a great thing to have that known, you know. So um, it's a good thing we don't do that. But there, there are some people who, who want everybody to know just what they've given. You know, I appreciate around here, there are so many generous people in here. The last couple of weeks or so, I've had so many people come put envelopes in my hand to go give to somebody else that I had to run to my office and make notes so that I knew when the, card, when the thank you cards came back who to give it to. Because a few months ago, somebody had, had given me an, a card that, with money in it that I had given to somebody. And when the, the person came back later to give me a thank you to pass back to the giver, I, it took me two weeks to figure out who it was. So, so there, I've gotten to the place where I've just had to make myself lists. But that's because you're a generous people. You know, you're, you're always looking out for each other. But you know what? Generosity comes when you give something expecting nothing in return. You don't, you don't go into expect. There aren't any strings attached. I, I, know, I know this one particular person that was in my, in my family that when they gave you something, there was always a string. You know, they were always going to call that back, back in later. You know, so if you took something from them, you were, it wasn't free. It wasn't free, you know, and, and you were going to have to ante up at some point, 
down the, down the line. And you don't do that. You know, not every person is going to recognize your generosity or appreciate it. There was an experiment done one time in a coffee shop where uh, somebody came and they paid for the person behind them their, their, their order. And, and they kind of stepped back and they, there was, somebody was doing that and then there was somebody else watching. What was, and there were some people was like, oh, thank you so much. That is, that is so sweet of you. Thank you. And other people was like, oh, okay, and just went on. Not everybody's going to appreciate your generosity like they should. And uh, not everybody's going to use your generosity like they should. Uh, This has been something over the years that I've had to come to to grips with. And I remember it really well. The very first time it happened, uh, it was in the early days of the church. And there was a family coming who who really, they, they were in need of a lot. They uh, didn't have much financially, and uh, and so we were in a place where we didn't have much to give, and um, and the Lord put it on our hearts to give these people a couple hundred dollars for us. In those days, that was huge. I mean, huge. Um, and uh, was it four hundred? Was it four hundred? Oh my word, it was huge. Um, gave these people for it. They were without a vehicle. Their vehicle had broken down and they didn't have the money to get it fixed. And so we felt led to give them this $400 to get their car fixed. And what did they do with that $400? They went out and bought another old junker. Instead of fixing the one they had, they bought another clunker that was going to break down again. You could back then you could buy a clunker for four hundred bucks. You know you can tell how long ago that was, and um, and I was so angry that they hadn't used what we gave them wisely. And Pastor just had to look at me and say, "Honey, we did what we were supposed to do. What they did with it is between them and God. It's up to them. We can't do anything. We just know that we did our part." So sometimes you can be generous and then and then and then take a look at what the effect was and go. That was a waste of my time. It was a waste of my resources. It was a waste. But you can't look at it that way. You know, you'd, you'd look at it as you're giving from a generous place. You're giving from a heart where you were, you felt led to do something for somebody. And, and you just know that God is going to reward you. No matter what they did with it, no matter how they used it, you just know God's going to reward you for, for the fact that you obeyed and that you were generous toward them. Um... Uh, Go with me to 2 Corinthians 8. And since we were talking about how generous a body you are, I wanted to talk about a church here that Paul wrote about. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 8. Moreover, brethren, we, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yes, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. In these first five verses, you can, fi- you can see four traits of this generous church. Number one, there was a grace on them for giving. And I've experienced that in this local body. When we were paying off the building during that 10-year stretch that we were paying off the building, I saw such a grace on people for giving. 
You know, and so many of us during that time came out of once the building was paid for, we came out of that going, how did we do that? And in the middle of all of that grace forgiving, people were getting new homes, new cars, and yet they were giving sacrificially, and God was blessing them. There's, do you know there's grace on giving? There's a supernatural grace attached to giving, and there's a supernatural grace attached to a generous, generous person. This church was a generous church. They had a grace for giving. Number two, in verse two, you see, they had great joy about it. They were the epitome of cheerful givers. They wanted to give. They, they were greatly desiring of giving. They had it in their heart to give. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't an obligation. It wasn't a responsibility. It was a joy to them. In verse 3, you see where they gave beyond their ability. There was that grace in motion. They gave beyond their ability. And, you know, I don't know about you, but there have been times when, just like that $400, we gave beyond our ability. And God always met us. God always brought it back to us. He always blessed us. And in verse 5, you see where they exceeded Paul's expectations. But number one, they gave themselves first to the Lord. They had an attitude of, Lord, use me. You know, generous people should go around with an attitude of, Lord, use me. Because generosity can start in the home with your family. It can start with your extended family. It should start, one of the places it should be, is in your church family. And I see that evident here all the time. You know, that you really just are generous to one another. There are times when people have needs and nobody knows a thing about it. And yet somebody just comes up and hands somebody something and and it meets a need. Just because they're listening. Listen, if you're going to be generous, that's going to mean that you walk around all the time willing to hear God tell you to do something. You know, there are times when you just, you just, I just want to. I just want to be, I just want to bless somebody. Listen, I suspect that that's rooted in an innate part on the inside of you that God is leading you to. You know, you get so used to being a generous person that it becomes second nature. And you don't even, you sometimes, most of the time, you don't, you don't even, re, you don't even realize that you're being led by God to be generous in a situation. But you know, we can all get to that place. You know, where we're just generous, just beyond generous. But you never know, you know, what $10 could mean to somebody. You never know. You never know what, what, what some little something might, might just be the thing. You know, I, uh, years ago when we were still living in Gilchrist County, I guess it was about, oh, year one, maybe, maybe year one and a half of being at the church. And, and, and the, we, you know, everything was tight. You know, we were just living, you know, week to week, offering to offering, living out in Gilchrist County. Have our, our mailbox, because it was a High Springs address, you know, I, we, had to, we had to go two miles down the road to the mailbox. And, uh, and we got to the place where, you know, there wasn't enough gas to get back into town if you went to the mailbox. So there was a bike, and I would ride my bike down to the mailbox. Good exercise, you know. You go down expecting. Sometimes you leave expecting. But this particular day, there, I, I had been griping to the Lord. 
he doesn't always appreciate that, but sometimes he, 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 he has mercy on me. And, uh, and, and so I've been griping about how, you know, Lord, really, I mean, you know, we're doing what you ask us to do, and, and things are so tight, and there's just no extra for anything, and you can't even drive into town except for church time because you don't have enough gas. What's the deal? I mean, my hair had gone from short down to long because there wasn't money for haircuts, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just griping, I'm just complaining, just, you know, just laying it out there. And this day, I, I got on my bike, and I, and I went down to the mailbox, and in it was a card from a friend of mine in Jacksonville. And I opened it up, and there was a $20 bill in there. And she wrote in there, she said, the Lord told me to tell you this is just for Angela. And I went, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you know, just, you know, I'm sorry I was griping. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, have, shouldn't do, be doing that. But God met me where I was that day. But he used a generous heart of my friend who didn't know anything. She was 90 miles away. You know, she couldn't possibly have known anything. But she has no idea what that $20 bill meant to me that day. It just said to me again, God is faithful. It said to me again that God has never forsaken the righteous. He just said again to me that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. And that told Angela, stop begging. Because he was going to look after us. He had already shown himself faithful so many times, but I was just having myself a little pity party. And God in his mercy that day, instead of saying, get over it, he showed me something good. And he just once again demonstrated that he is always going to provide. He is my provider. So that was, that was a day of, of actually learning something good. But, you know, if you go on in this particular chapter in verses 6 and 7, Paul goes on to encourage the Corinthians <clears throat> to become more like the, peop- the people of Macedonia, to be like them in, in their heart, in their willingness, in their joy of giving, in, their, in the willingness to give sacrificially, just to be generous people. <clears throat> Tell you what. I have many times had opportunities to be generous, excuse me, and I have failed to be generous. One of those moments when I didn't particularly want to share something. And uh, don't ask me to share Miss Barbara's brownies. I have not gotten that generous yet. So, but what I, but I, what I did, just the Lord just dropped this in my heart, is that when I'm unwilling to yield to the generosity that's already in my heart, Number one is I forfeit my seed and I destroy a harvest. When you fail, and there are just times, you know, you, you just give just unconsciously. There are times when God specifically talks to you about doing something that's generous. And if you don't give to that, if you don't yield to that, you forfeit your seed and destroy your harvest. You know, you have to think of it in terms of, of, of in fact, I'm going to get a little ahead of myself, so I won't say that. I'll just save that for a few minutes. Listen, God is more interested in your heart than in, in what you give. He's interested in, in the motivation of your heart. He's, in, he's interested in the attitude of your heart. He's interested in the fact that you're wanting to be a blessing, not to be blessed. You know, when... Sometimes when everything looks like it's, there's no, you know, you can't, I don't want to, I, I, I don't have it, and God puts the thought in your heart, 
I'm telling you what, there's, there's a reward coming back. There is something coming your way. You know, God is setting you up for a blessing. He is setting you up. Um, you know, being demonstrate, I, I said this before, being, being generous just demonstrates your willingness to be led by God. It just, it, it really does. But here, we're going to go with this and um, hopefully we'll get through these five things here. Real quick, I have just a few minutes. There are five attitudes of a generous giver. Number one, we've talked about it before, is, is they give joyfully. They have fun doing it. It's not an obligation. God loves the cheerful giver. Amplified says he takes pleasure in, prizes above all other things, and is unwilling or abandoned uh, to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. I haven't always been prompt to do it, especially when the numbers got bigger. You know, but, but I, I, I can say I'm, I'm getting better at that. You know, little figures don't, aren't so bad. But when God throws a big one at me, sometimes I, I take a big gulp and go, well, okay, just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. But he, the prompt to do it giver is the one that God really loves. Number two, a generous giver gives selflessly. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. You know, the ministry of helps is a place where we should demonstrate our generosity. Giving of our time and our gifts and our abilities, you know, and doing it gladly. Listen, what would happen if Noah had said, I don't do boats? I don't do boats. How about if David had said, I don't do giants? How about if Paul had said, I don't do letters? How about if Mary said, I don't do virgin births? No, no. <laughs> Where would we be? How about if Jesus said, I don't do crosses? You know, a generous person, like I said, does, it's not just money. It's gifts. It's time. It's ability. It's uh, putting on a smile when you don't feel like smiling. The old church, we had those stairs coming up the back. And there were times when I had, to, I had to be a different person at the top of the stairs than I was at the bottom of the stairs. I had to have an attitude adjustment with every step going up those stairs. Thirteen steps, I think it was. You know, and there had to be, there had to be some radical change from the first step to the top step. Listen, be generous with your smiles when you come in. Be generous with your, hello, how are you? I'm blessed, not, well, I'm here. I'm doing, everything going okay today? Well, that's the invite for you to ask them more about what's going on so they can tell you all the, all the nitty-gritty stuff. How about let's just be generous with, I'm blessed. Are you blessed or aren't you? Well, then act like you're blessed. Talk like you're blessed. Talk like you've got answers. Talk like you've got, because somebody needs to hear you say it besides just you. You need to hear yourself say it. Be generous enough with the what's on the inside of you to let it come out. Do your job joyfully. That's called selfless. I don't feel like being in the nursery today. Well, do it anyway. I don't feel like being sweet. Well, do it anyway. 
I don't feel like greeting people with a smile. Do it anyway. I don't feel like being here at 8.30 on a Sunday morning for sound check. We'll do it anyway. It's not about you, sweetheart. It's about what you can give into somebody else. Uh, Three, give willingly. We've already talked about not grudgingly or of necessity. You know, there's... There is no place for um, any kind of reward when you do it grudgingly. Because you think you have, well, I'm on the schedule. I got no choice. I, you know, I can't get anybody to switch with me. You know, I guess I'll have to do it. Well, take your attitude and go home. You know, there are times when I would rather have the job not done at all than to have somebody who's doing it grudgingly. How about give thankfully? Psalm 116 verse 12 says, What shall I give unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? Listen, anything you do for others as a result of generosity, you should look at it as, What can I do to to just thank the Lord for all he's done for me? These are things I can do just as a, as, a, as, a, as a blessing and as a way to say, Father, I just thank you because you've been so good to me. It, it truly is. You know, you're not doing it for people as much as you're doing it unto the Lord. And number five, give intentionally. It's easy to give when you have an eternity mindset. When, you ha- when you're giving to somebody, you, you want to... You want, you want people to recognize God in your giving. Recognize if, if it's something they were believing God for, that God has heard them, that God has answered their prayer. If, if it's, it, no matter what it is, there is something that the recipient of your generosity can see as an eternal thing. Not a temporary thing, not a natural thing, you know, but as an eternal thing. Are you enhancing their ability to see God as Father, being a good, good Father? His faithfulness, His kindness, His mercy, His grace, His ability, His, his, just, his care about them. You know, for me that day when I got that $20 bill in, in that envelope was, God, you really do listen. You really do care. You really, really do care how I feel right now. You know, and, and, and to me it was, it was huge. The $20 was, was great, you know, but it meant nothing in comparison to what it demonstrated to me. When we give intentionally, we are demonstrating God to the recipient of the generosity that we're giving them. We're planting seeds in them so that he can draw them closer to him. There are people that, you know, if you're strangers, it's a great, if God lays your, on your heart to go in the, be in the grocery store and, and you go up to somebody and say, I want to pay for your groceries, you have no idea what seed that could plant in them. If you just stop and take time to just go up to somebody and say God loves you, just like the story Annette told last week, you have no idea what seeds you're planting on the inside of them. I've heard story after story from people who said they just saw somebody and they just went up to them and had something to say to them, some little something, and they were just like, how, how 
how would you have known that I needed that right this minute? How would you have known? That's the goodness of God. You were generous with your ability to just say, I don't know him, but I'm going to do this anyway. Just, just, just to be following the leading of the Lord. Just to be following along and just, and just, just share what's in your heart. What God's put in your heart. Sometimes that's all people need. What is, what's in your heart? Share it with them. Be generous with it. You, pastors already said this time. There's a hurt and broken world out there. And it's up to us to show them who God is. To point them to Jesus. And our generous acts are there some of the things that we can expect to be used to draw people closer to him. You may be planting a seed. You may be watering a seed. You may have the opportunity to harvest that seed. You, you may come to that person's life at a, at a pivotal time when they have to have something or all hope is gone and lost. Generosity will do that. You know, we can get so focused on ourselves and what we've got to do and the time constraints we're under and the resources that we have that we, that we fail to see that those are all things that God wants us to put aside and give to somebody else. Be intentional about what you give. You know, and, and, and let me say this when we're talking about intentional. Don't let somebody else's need push you to give. You know, when we talked about not grudgingly or of necessity, there are times when, especially if somebody thinks you're very blessed, they will make their need known, sometimes subtly and sometimes very openly. Uh, don't be pushed into giving unless it's in your heart, unless God's leading you to. You know, we were, in, well, we were at Rama years ago, and, and you could hear Rama students all around, you know. In the, we lived in an apartment complex full of Rama students. And, you know, this one particular guy, he'd go around and say, I know God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory, which means he needed money. You know, so sometimes people can, can say things that will trigger what they hope is a response from you. If it's not in your heart to give, don't. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm saying look and see here. There are sometimes there are people in situations of their own doing and they have no intentions of changing and you're just throwing your resources away. You're throwing your time away. I've seen people monopolize another generous person's time for their own benefit, never intending to give back to them, never intending to do anything but be a leech. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. You know, just some, there are times when you need to make sure that, that you're the one God wants to use in a particular situation. I, I heard a minister say uh, on a, something several years ago that I thought, well, now that's really interesting. He was a pastor. I believe it was a Baptist church. And he had been a very successful businessman before he ever went in the ministry. And they had had uh, 
you know, he had opportunities, the, you know, missions, all kinds of things, you know. And he'd be the first one to jump in and say, I'll meet that need. I'll take care of that. And he was at a home group one night, and somebody presented a need. And, and he was immediately went, I'll take care of that. And the Lord said, I didn't want you to take care of that. And he was taken aback. What, what, do, you mean? what do you mean by that? Why wouldn't you want me? He says, I wanted these other people to have the opportunity to be blessed. You just jump right in without even asking me if, 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 if you're the one who needs to meet that need. If you'll just stop for just a minute and, and, and find out if, if I want you to meet the need or not. You know, that would help so that you won't keep somebody else from being blessed like I want them to be blessed. So, you know, it's, it's not always just jump in every time you see a need. Sometimes it's, it's take a moment. Just, I mean, sometimes it's a split second to know whether am I going to give to this or not. Am I going to help this or not? Sometimes God knows more about a situation than we do. And sometimes your pastor knows more about a situation than you do. Many is the time over the years we've gotten phone calls. Well, you know, so-and-so, they're having a real difficult time financially. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the church should help them. And I'm going, well, here's what, two of my answers. Uh, well, I, don't, I, don't, I can't say the second one. But the first one is, you are the church. Go right ahead and help them. You are the church. And the second one is, number one, they're not tithers. I'm thinking this. Number one, they're not tithers. Number two, they don't know how to manage their money. Number three, they're always getting themselves in financial messes. Why am I going to bail them out for them to do it again? There are things you don't always know. So when it comes to giving, you give intentionally. Intentionally means that you have got an okay from down here. You know, sometimes you just a quick flash, you know, of a red light. You know, as they say, we'll come across and you go, hold it. You know, don't commit to anything at this point. So give intentionally. Give because you're moved on by God, not because you're pressured. Motivation from the inside means that the act of giving, the act of generosity itself, is an inward experience that manifests itself outwardly and impacts people because of the spirit behind it, and it lingers in the life of that person. That's intentional giving. And remember, generosity is contagious. And I love the fact that it's so contagious around here. It's, 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 it's just such a blessing to me to see how generous you are to each other and to other people. And just know this, your generosity goes ahead of you and is credited to you throughout eternity. Second Corinthians chapter 3 talks about works that remain. You know, I think it was said on uh, Sunday night, fruit is what we take to heaven, and that's people. But the good works that we do here also have an eternal impact. Good works, their treasures laid up in store for you in heaven because of your good works. Good works didn't get you saved. Good works doesn't, doesn't keep you saved. It, it produces a, a reward for you when you get to heaven. It's an eternal thing. Look at any time you're generous toward people as, as an eternal act. There was one little thing I'm going to read and then I'm going to let you go. There was uh, four kinds of people. There's everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. And here's the story. There was an important job to be done and everybody was sure somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. 
Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. In the end, everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. We can all be generous. Don't leave generosity to somebody else. Okay? You can be generous in so many ways. And you are generous in so many ways. So if you've recognized yourself, yes, I'm a generous person, then you just keep on being generous. If you don't recognize yourself as being a generous person, make some changes. Access that DNA of generosity that's on the inside of you. Because it's there. Give it an opportunity to flourish. And you know what? God's got big things in store. The generous soul will be made fat. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.